name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The true condition, the true condition of one's soul is revealed by the fruit that is born within. This is a truth taught by the fathers over and over again. We see it even in Holy Scripture. I'll say it again. The true condition of our soul, it's manifest or it's revealed by the fruit that is born from within us and out of us. In our Gospel reading today from the Gospel of St. Matthew in chapter 13, our Lord Jesus Christ does a series of parables with a particular theme. And that theme is the theme of planting and harvesting. Planting and harvesting. We see him talk very specifically about the importance of the condition and the health of the soil in a harvest to receive the seed. We see Christ himself as the sower who plants the good seeds of everlasting life within the soil of our soul. And in the parable just before the one we had read today, our Lord Jesus Christ shows our enemy and he is constantly trying to steal the seed, ruin our soil, harden our hearts, steal the great seed of the grace of God away from us. This is what he's doing all of our lives. And in the parable that we had for our mass today, we see Satan doing something else. We see him planting seeds. We see him planting seeds that develop tares, tares. We also see our Lord talk about the harvest that is produced. And one of the things that our Lord says is that out of our souls produces a harvest either of wheat or of tares. Wheat or of tares. What is a tare? What is this seed that develops the tare that Satan plants? A tare is a growth that is so incredibly similar to the wheat that when it's first growing and young, you cannot tell them apart. But as the tear continues to grow and develop, it starts to look quite a bit different from the wheat. And not only that, it emits a poison into the soil itself that will limit the crop of wheat around it, that will destroy the crop of wheat around it. This is the parable our Lord is speaking. Let's have a look at it. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like. You've heard me say this. He starts every parable in that particular realm of teaching that he's doing in the Gospel of St. Matthew with those words, the kingdom of heaven is like. When we hear Jesus Christ, who is the king of the kingdom, say the kingdom of God is like, we as his people should be on the edge of our seats waiting for what's coming next. We need to hear from the king the things about his kingdom and the path of his truth, of himself that he's drawing us into within that kingdom. He said, the kingdom is like a man who sowed good seeds in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares of wheat and went his way. Among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced crop, then the tares also appeared. And when the servants asked the man how this happened, he answered, an enemy has done this. An enemy has done this. How do the church fathers interpret this parable? On the one hand, there's no question 
that this parable has eschatological ramifications of the end time, the last day, the judgment, where our Lord God, the judge of all, will separate the wheat from the tares, the tares off to burning and destruction, and the wheat gathered into the barn, into the storehouse of God. That's absolutely true. But our Lord is not telling us this parable just to point us to what will happen in the end. He's telling us this parable so that we know how to live now as wheat because of what will happen in the end. It's all about how we live in him now in this broken and fallen world. It's about what Christ is saying to us with all of the blessed distractions that are coming our way from all sorts of sources in this very troubled world around us. And all of the source of it is our enemy trying to plant the seeds that would grow into those tares. One of the key teaching points our Lord makes, he says, the kingdom of God is like a man, who is Jesus the sower, who sowed good seed in his field. What's the field? I'm looking at it, the souls of his people, the souls of humanity. But while men slept, and we'll look at this in a few minutes, but while men slept, his enemy Satan came and sowed tares among the wheat. But what are these tares? I told you what the physical tares are. But spiritually and in reality in our lives, what are these tares specifically that our enemy purposefully and very stealthily sows into the soil of our souls? Now, the fathers will give roughly three, and there could be more, but I've seen at least roughly three overall overarching categories of these tares that our enemy sows into our soil very deceptively. One would be false doctrines and teachings where our enemy is constantly taking the truth of God. The revelation of the truth of God and only slightly altering it. See, he's not going to be so obvious as to covet us with the opposite of God. That wouldn't do. But so stealthily, he takes the truth of God and so slightly bends it and tweaks it. Another category would be sowing into us the love and passion and pursuit of things outside of Christ and his kingdom. You know what these things are called? Idolatry, where we form our hearts to love things, to be in communion with things that are outside of the king and his kingdom. And the third category that our enemy sows these tares is the cares of this world, the fathers say. The cares of this world that distract the soul from having our eyes constantly kept upon Christ. And oh, how all three of those categories, my friends, Satan is not original. He has been doing all three of those categories since the very Garden of Eden, tweaking the truth of God, having us pursue a path outside of God, and the cares of everything destroying us, you see. But of these three categories of tares, there's one we're to focus on today, because I think it's a common struggle that many of us are having, and I know this just in our conversations and dealing and working with one another through them, and that is the tares sown as the cares of the world are sown into our souls, into our hearts, into our minds. What are the cares of this world? How do they function as tares that not only destroy us, bring us down, drain us, but those around us? The cares of this world are simply this. Those things that happen around us in an absolutely fallen and broken world that is awaiting redemption. 
the things that occur out there that are thrown at us. And when they're thrown at us, they have the tendency to produce angst, to produce fears, to produce worries, anger, resentment. These are the ways that we sometimes respond to the things that we see in the world outside of the ark of salvation, Christ's kingdom and paradise on the earth. And the cares of the world right now in every one of us in some way, shape or form for quite a while now have had that tendency to stir up some of those reactions from within us if we're honest. And we need to be because we need the help of Christ in this. And we need to discern the work of our enemy so that the kingdom of God may not only reside in us, but be manifest in us and we enjoy the fruits of that kingdom. Because these things that Satan throws at us to latch us to the cares of the world, they well up within us all of those things that distract us from setting our face constantly upon our Lord Jesus Christ at best and at worst they create great damage to our souls along the way. Allow me to share something that I've come to see very, very clearly through prayer, first and foremost over my own life, but also things that I've come to see with Christ's help in the struggles that many are having in this day and age, even in the parish. It's a truth I think we really need to latch onto because if we see this, if we see the intent of Satan and his cunning, he's no longer stealthy and hidden. He's brought to light and we can face him in the power and strength and truth of Christ and be overcomers as Christ is an overcomer. And that truth is this. When Satan, our enemy, throws or sows, I should say, the seeds of the cares of the world within the souls of God's faithful, all of us. It's like he's putting a magnet near our soul. That care of the world is like a magnet near our soul. And that magnet tries to attract our disorders, our dysfunctions, our weaknesses, our passions that are outside of God. The magnet of the cares of the world draws this out of us and attracts us to that magnet if we're not watching and watchful over our souls. And what's the result? He knows our weaknesses. And so he cunningly places in the soil the very seeds, the very things he knows will attract those weaknesses, deceiving us to join ourselves in communion to the cares of the world. My friends, we are either living in communion with the living God through Christ by the Holy Spirit, or we're living in communion with something else. And when Satan uses the cares of this world, all the troubles out there and the things we see happen in a godless, godless world around us, outside the ark of salvation, he plants those things so that we come into communion with those things. And then we begin to respond from those things. And this lures us and it traps us in such a rut of thought and emotion. And what's the result? Our mental, our emotional, our physical, and the very spiritual energies of God that we call the grace of God they begin to be drained very quickly. When we are in communion, we join ourselves to that attraction that the brokenness within us join ourselves to the cares of the world. The tear that results is the draining of our true self. How much energy of all kinds of energies within us, how much energy is drained 
in worrying about the things in a broken world. Think about that. And that seed of the tear that Satan sows begins to blossom if we do not get hold of it over time. And remember something about the tear. As it matures, that tear emits a poison that damages the wheat around it. Very unintentionally, if we're not careful and we are drawn into the cares of this world and latching ourselves and joining our life to it, if we're not careful, we will unintentionally cause others around us in the body of Christ to grow in angst and worry. You see, that's how Satan works with his tears within our souls and within the body of Christ. And unfortunately, if we're not mindful and watchful, this will pass on to others, which brings them to our unhealthy state of being. And Christ wants so much more for us. We truly need to be watchful. Our gospel reading today shares with us a critical answer to an important question, and that's this. What is it that opens the door to Satan sowing these seeds? What opens the door to Satan sowing the seeds of the tear? Listen to these brief words. Wild men slept. Wild men slept. Satan sowed the tares. St. Prometheus, a bishop in early AD 400s, he said this, The Lord indicates that the devil sows weeds among sleeping people. That is, among those who through spiritual negligence are overcome as in a kind of lethargy and they fall asleep. St. Jerome speaks a parallel, he sees a parallel to the parable of the ten virgins. There are those, those of the ten virgins who did not tend to the oil in their lamp, keep oil in their lamp, and so they could not see clearly the bridegroom. What is it that opens the door to our being drawn into the cares of this world and being drained spiritually and in all other ways if we're sleeping spiritually? If we've let down our guard of vigilance and diligence in pressing into this grand relationship that we have been offered with our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the antidote, the very best defense in watchfulness against Satan stealthily sneaking in and planting these seeds that become snares is that absolute diligence to, what's the word I'm looking for? Cultivate. Cultivate this incredible union we have with our Lord Jesus Christ. Because those who are cultivating this union, who are bathed in prayer every day, which is conversation with God, who are spending time with Him, taking care of their souls, and keeping Him at all times in the midst before Him, when those tears come, they recognize them quickly because they have the mind and discernment of Christ and what the enemy is trying to do. And their souls are kept at peace. You see? We are all guilty of letting our guard down. Every last one of us. And the moment we let our guard down spiritually, denying ourselves the blessing of this true daily relationship with Christ is the moment the tears come in and the moment our brokenness gets drawn to the brokenness of the world. You see, this is the wisdom our Lord is trying to grant us today. How do we discern? How do we discern if there's more wheat in our souls than tares at any one time? 
It goes back to what I said at the beginning of the sermon. What's your fruit? What fruit is being born in any given moment of your life? For example, we've talked a lot about the tares. Let's talk about what the wheat looks like. The harvest of wheat within the soul, within the body of Christ. I could go to St. Paul and talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That would probably be the best place to start. And what is the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Peace. Joy. Joy is not slap happiness. Joy is a lack of restlessness. Joy is contentment, which has nothing to do, has nothing to do with what's going on around me at any moment in my life. Joy, love, mercy, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. St. Paul in our epistle reading today, he offers us these thoughts. We live with tender mercies flowing out of us. Kindness, humility, not believing we're right about everything going on around here in our lives. The humility that knows I must seek Christ because he's the only right. That's humility. Meekness, long-suffering, long-suffering even with the evils of the world and our enemies in the world. Long-suffering. But above all these things, St. Paul says, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Notice he doesn't say, let God give you peace. He says, let the very peace of God, the peace that God, the Trinity exists in, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body and be thankful. You know, all of the saints of old had that disposition, that wheat flowing up from the harvest of their souls because they cultivated the seed of Christ daily, hourly, every moment in their lives and bore the fruit of his nature. You know, one saint we looked at a week ago last Wednesday has not left me. In fact, I've become enamored by this, by this saint. And more, more accurately, I've become enamored by our Christ that I see in this saint. And that was when we celebrated the feast day of St. Polycarp. And on the feast day of St. Polycarp, I had such a blessed morning of looking up, not only his life, but more importantly, his end. His end. You see, St. Polycarp was Bishop of Smyrna, one of the churches that the divine revelation given to John was written to. By the way, he was the angel of Smyrna. He was the bishop at the time that the Roman persecution, where Christians' rights were being taken away, they were being imprisoned, and they were being martyred. And he was the bishop of Smyrna at that time. In the face of that, we haven't even come to that. Oh, we see the birthing of it. We haven't come to that yet. He's got it in his face as the bishop of Smyrna. And I want you to hear this, because this is what I can't let go of. When... The group of soldiers came to his little house outside of Smyrna to arrest him. I want you to see and hear how he responded to them when they came to his door. Because he didn't blockade them. He didn't say, don't you know I have rights? What do you think you're doing? You have no business here. He didn't grow in angst. You know what he did? He invited them in for supper. They sat and he cooked for them and he served them a meal. And when they were done eating, he looked at them and he said, 
may I pray just a few hours before you take me to prison and most probably to my death. And they gave him a few hours to pray. Can you imagine what the soldiers are making of this? What are they seeing? What are they seeing in St. Polycarp? I'll tell you what they're seeing. They're seeing the nature of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that precisely how he dealt with the soldiers when they came to arrest him? One of his disciples tried to cut off one of the soldiers' ears, and what did Jesus do? He rushed to heal his enemy that came to arrest him. Are you seeing the picture? We need to see in the saints, and we need to, because when we're seeing in the saints, we are seeing the nature of Christ. This is what must be manifest in us. We must not let Satan have a field day in our souls, trying to unite us to the cares of the world, abandoning our vision of Christ. When we do, it's like Peter sinking in the waves of the storm. We perish that way. We destroy ourselves that way and potentially bring others with us. We need to be very watchful and vigilant over our souls. Is it wheat or is it tares that's growing there? And this is all for our salvation, our experience of the peace of God and the joy he gives. For it's as St. Augustine said, Let the one who is blossoming as wheat persevere until the harvest. And let those who are struggling as tares be transformed by Christ into wheat. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.